Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities, the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Monsignor Stephen Rossetti. He is the priest of the Diocese of Syracuse and a research associate professor at the Catholic University of America. He's a licensed psychologist. Uh, He's been a chief exorcist of the Archdiocese of Washington for over 13 years. He's the author of dozens of books and articles. And we're going to talk today about his latest book, The Diary of an American Exorcist, Demons, Possession, and the Modern-Day Battle Against Ancient Evil, put out by Sophia Press uh, Institute. So thank you, Father, or Monsignor, for joining us today. Uh, You're welcome, uh, Deacon Jeff. It's great to be with you. And just... uh, to be open with everybody, we had tried actually recorded this about five months ago when the book initially came out, and when we got to get it ready for air, it disappeared. So, thank you, uh, my senior, for uh, graciously coming back on. I'm glad to do it. Um, so, just you know, as a reminder, we just recently, you know, had Halloween. We got All Souls Day. Can you remind everybody, really, who is Satan and? What is he trying to do? Well, uh, Satan's a fallen angel, uh, so that's the first thing to, to recognize. Uh, sometimes people think that there's, there's a dualistic universe, you know, that there's God, and there's Satan, they're equal, and they're warring. No, no, there's one God. Satan is an angel, a created being. Uh, he rejected God and now is out to destroy because he's full of rage. He's just raging at God and trying to destroy everything that God has created, and uh, especially rages against human beings. So, uh, but the good news is that his kingdom was smashed uh, by Jesus. His death and resurrection destroyed his kingdom. So while we take him seriously, we trust in Jesus to protect us and save us. And it is a reminder for those, you know, who don't believe that hell exists. It's real. Uh, all you have to do is read the Bible, right? It's pretty much throughout yeah. the New Testament. Uh, it's not hard to find, is it? Well, interesting. I, I, of course, I enjoy, I enjoy reading the, the writings of the great mystics. Now, of course, the Bible is very clear about hell. There's a weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth, the unquenchable fire, all those things that Jesus in the Bible tells us. But it's interesting that, that those biblical uh, references are really confirmed uh, by the experiences of the mystics. I mean, the, the kids of Fatima, uh, you know, Catherine of Siena, uh, many famous mystics had visions of hell. Uh, Sister Faustina, of course, and mm-hmm. very much the same. And uh, it's frightening, obviously, and we should be frightened because the greatest suffering of hell is being deprived of what we're meant for, and that's the vision of the Lord and to live in love with the Lord. So when we lose that greatest of goods, uh, it is an eternal uh, uh, sorrow and suffering. And, you know, you mentioned before, it's not a dualistic world, right? So Satan doesn't have the power that the Lord doesn't give him, right? He he only operates because the Lord allows him to operate um, and really gives us a choice but choosing between good and evil. We can choose Jesus or we cannot. But we shouldn't be overly afraid. I mean, you know, granted, the evil one can do some things and try to convince us to do things. But ultimately, we get a say in this, don't we? Yes. Uh, Satan can do all sorts of things, but he can't affect our free will. We always have the ability to choose good or evil. 
Uh, and as an exorcist, you know, in the middle of sessions, when the demons are manifesting, they'll always be threatening me. We're going to kill you. We're going to do this. We're going to crash your airplane when you fly. And they're always, we're going to get you. They're doing all these sorts of things, and they're just, uh, they're, they're beasts on a chain. Uh, beasts on a leash, as I call them, you know, that, that uh, they can't kill you. They can't maim you. They can tempt you. And for the greatest of saints like Padre Pio and uh, Catherine of Siena and those great saints, they, they were allowed to do a little bit more. They were victim souls who frankly got beaten up by Satan. But for most of us, uh, Satan simply just tempts us. Well, I think that's, it is a good reminder, but we do give him more power than he deserves when we deny that he really exists and just ignore him, don't we? Well, this, right, that's the other extreme. One extreme is to... Uh, give Satan too much uh, credence. I mean, he's, he, again, he's a creature. He is very limited what he can do. But at the same time, to ignore it and say he doesn't exist, is firstly, it's an, uh, an offense against the scriptures and a teaching of the church. The church is very clear, and so, and so is Pope Francis, by the way. But interestingly enough, Pope Francis has mentioned Satan uh, more than the previous uh, several popes. So I personally think that Francis had some sort of personal experience of this, because obviously this is very real to him. Well, and it should be real to all of us so that we don't, again, like you were saying, can't ignore it. We can't give him too much credit, but to deny, uh, you know, somebody who's out to you know lead us to hell is really to our yeah. own detriment. How important was it for you when you were asked to be an exorcist to find a mentor exorcist to kind of help guide you into this ministry? Uh, very, very key. I had a wonderful uh, mentor. It still helps me uh, because there's, ve there's very little known uh, instruction for exorcists. You know, these books on exorcism are fine. I mean, they're, they're, they're important to read, like Gabriel Morris, that sort of thing. But uh, there's nothing really for, you know, what an exorcist goes through, which is why, one of the reasons why I wrote that book, Diary of American Exorcists. Because in the, in the book, I, I share, you know, what it's like and what you need to know to be an exorcist. And so the book first was written for other exorcists uh, and sort of catalogs uh, and uh, shares my personal experience. Now, you know, uh, interesting enough, it's kind of gone viral. So we sold uh, over 11,000 copies already in a couple of months, so uh, three months. So uh, it's been uh, surprising. But I think people are interested in what it's really like to be an exorcist, what actually happens. And so uh, that, I think, will be helpful to priests who are learning to do this ministry. Well, and the book is written in diary form. It really is an easy read, but it's very informative. And, I, you know, it really is helpful to see the things that you've experienced, the tactics that the evil one uses. Um, I think it's very helpful. So I would do I would definitely encourage people to go out and get it just to give yourself some greater knowledge of, of what's going on out there. Um, when you see the world as a whole, right? I mean, you're mm -hmm. on the East Coast in Washington area, right? You have a gubernatorial election taking place right now. By the time this airs, we'll know who's the, go I mean, the governor of Virginia. But we have people promoting critical race theory. We have gender ideology. We have all this hatred mm -hmm. and anger. Do you just kind of sit back and see you know, if not in particular individuals, just see how the devil is working in society. Yes. I mean, I'm not one of those uh, sort of see the devil under, under every rock and, and I'm not right. a negative person. I, I, I love America. I, I'm a, a veteran of the Air Force. I love America. But 
uh, in this ministry of 13, 14 years I've been doing it, you do get a sense of what Satan's footprints look like. When, you, when he's personally involved and really jerking people around, what does it look like? And what does it look at? First thing you see is discord, a conflict, a violence, a judgmentalism, hatred, negativism. And, 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 and I see more and more of that in the, in the USA today, sadly. Uh, I, th- I think this country is, while not being possessed, I think it's what we call oppressed. You can see a strong influence of Satan. I mean, the conflict in this country, the violence. When I was growing up, people didn't shoot each other in schools and shoot innocent people and, and things like that, all the violence that's taking place today. We didn't have the, the vitriolic and the rage in our society today. Uh, I, I'm very concerned about that, and I think we need to start praying more and, and start uh, loving our neighbors, you know, and say the rosary. I mean, we need to say the rosary. Our ladies are powerful intercessor and and to, and to foster, you know, respectful dialogue and love of our neighbors. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a really good point. And it's important, to, you know, to be aware and to see things. Again, I think the book was very, very well written. You know, you talk about how the evil one, you know, you were talking earlier how, you know, your plane is going to crash, right? He's threatening you. Yeah. Right? The devil yeah. is, is active on, you say, in the book and social media, right? What are your experiences through the social media? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I know some people are going to find this hard to believe, but it just happened the other day again. Uh, in a big case where Satan is very active and very influential and powerful in a case of someone's possessed, uh, it is not uncommon that someone on our team will receive texts from demons. And then I know people say, ah, oh, that's not true. Yeah, it is true. And in fact, uh, other teams have experienced the same thing. But it's, but it's not atypical. Uh, even before the days of cell phones and whatever, uh, when, if a house, for example, was infested with demons, they'd mess with the lights, they'd mess with electronics, they'd slam doors and things fly around the room. still happens, you know. And we've got some cases of that where we've gone in and uh, uh, exercised the house. So and now, now that we have cell phones, we'll get these snarky, uh, gloating text. You lost. She's ours. Give it up. My, the last sentence I got was, "My this woman was a witch. My magic is more powerful than than your God, you know." And and so it, you get these snarky uh, demonic texts. Well, we know that he is the great liar. So the, the one thing you can be yeah. sure of is don't believe all the threats, because in the end, if you draw closer to Christ and you immerse yourself in the sacraments and your love of Christ. You really, it's, it's really an idle, idle threat, although can deal with the physical world, right? Yeah. Well, interesting enough, people say, you know, you must be frightened uh, doing this ministry. It's just the opposite. As a matter of fact, the longer I do this ministry, the more confidence I have in Jesus and his church, because I see uh, what happens to Satan when Jesus, uh, his uh, grace shows up. For example, you just hold up a crucifix throw some holy water, mention the name of Jesus, makes them nuts. The demons go wild. They can't stand anything holy. And in the middle of one exorcism uh, a while ago, we were mentioning the name of Jesus, of course. And the demons just said, stop saying that name. They couldn't stand it. So, of course, we said it all the more. Uh, <laughs> just So you, you, you develop this, this confidence, and so you see that Satan is completely undone uh, by the, the grace of Christ. How important is it 
to have one's home blessed. You know, if, you know, if the evil one is in, if someone is possessed by having your home blessed, would they know that it was blessed even if they didn't see you do it? Here's the interesting, yeah, an interesting case. Maybe you maybe you're aware of it. I, we had a woman who was, was whole, completely possessed and that she's free now, thank God. And, uh, I happened to be in her room and she wasn't there. She didn't know I was there. Uh, so uh, yeah, she didn't know I was what I was doing. So I exercised the room. I blessed it with holy water. I put exercise salt around it. And then I put exercise oil on the lintels. And, uh, but she didn't know that. So the next day I got a text from her. She said, did you do something to my room? I said, well, why, why do you ask? Well, you blessed, you exercised it, did you? She said, the demons hate it they still hate it so you know that's what we call occult knowledge she, she humanly speaking would not have known that but the demons knew that and they communicated that to her which is one of those signs of possession knowing things that you shouldn't know but you get it from the demonic and uh, what happened was just that blessing just just uh, uh, make them make them crazy so yes get your houses blessed all of us not if not just for the possessed, but all of us get our houses blessed by a priest. And then use sacramentals. Put holy water, bounce in your house. Have uh, cruci- You should have crucifix over your bed, a blessed crucifix over your bed for sure. And uh, s- uh, pictures of holy angels and saints. And uh, yeah, use, the, use, the, use what the Lord and the church provides. Well, I think that, you know, use what the Lord, you know, provides and the church provides, right? We're given... We're given the gift of the Holy Spirit at our baptism. We're given a guardian angel. We know about the, you know, St. Michael, the archangel. We have the sacraments. The Lord knows when we come into this world, it's a battle, right? He is really preparing us with all the weapons we need, isn't he? Yes. And I do encourage people to download our app. We have an app called Catholic Exorcism. So Catholic Exorcism or or go to our website, www.catholicexorcism.org, and you'll see a lot of great deliverance prayers for the laity. We have you know, over 20,000 downloads already, and it's going up. So uh, a lot of good uh, uh, prayers there that the laity can say, uh, so that's a very popular part of our, our website. And, of course, I have a blog, which you can access through, through the, the app or website, and you can sign up for that. We have about 13,000 people already have signed up, so... Uh, so they can keep up with this ministry and also some good prayers there for, for deliverance for yourself, for your loved ones, or your, or your house. Well, I think that's important, right? There is a place for people to go. You can read the book, but they have some, they have an app. What's it? CatholicExorcism.org, you said? Yeah, that's the website, CatholicExorcism.org, or okay. the, the app is called Catholic Exorcism. Okay. All right, yeah, great. And uh, yeah, it, it's free and uh, lots of great prayers. Now we use it. I mean, the first people use it. We we use it. We have prayers there for the exorcists to say, and we use them in every. I'll, I'll have a session today at eleven, another one at one, and uh, I'll use the app. Um, you know, we've talked about oppression and possession. Can you talk about the difference between the two? Yeah, there aren't that many people who are possessed, although more than people would realize, frankly, uh, because what happens is they the you know, uh, they tend not to manifest until you start doing something holy. If you're never going to church, you're never praying nothing, you know, demons are pretty happy. So you might not right. know it. But uh, many, many more people are or, what we call oppressed or obsessed. The, uh, the de- uh, Satan has some influence in our lives 
uh, but it's not a full possession. So when we pray over people like that, they'll start to manifest a little. They'll start to twitch and, tw- and all sorts of things will happen and, and, uh, and they'll have some, some, some manifestations in their lives, uh, but it's not quite a full possession. And the good news there is you don't really need an exorcist. Any priest uh, can pray over a person who is oppressed or possessed. And we're doing training now for, uh, for priests to train them, train them in deliverance prayers. As a matter of fact, we just put on the app and website a 10-session video for priests on how to do deliverance of uh, praying. And so we're hoping to train more and more and more priests in this. Now, is it true that each diocese is supposed to have an exorcist? And if so, yes. how many How many actually do, would you guess? Yes, uh, the, the Holy See has asked every diocese in the world to have an exorcist, and sadly, they don't. I mean, this country, we're getting better. We've got over 100 dioceses that do, but there's a whole bunch that don't, and which I'm very familiar with, because I get these frantic calls from people saying, I went to my diocese, and they say, we don't have an exorcist. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Because there are more, there, there's more training available now. When I started 14 years ago, you know, there was really no, you just got a, a mentor. But now there's actually formal training programs in Chicago and also in Rome. Um, yeah, and I think that's important to, to know. Are you seeing more people calling you? Are there, is there a greater demand for what you're doing? Absolutely. Every exorcist in this country say they're buried in, in uh, uh, phone calls. I get them every day. And, and uh, we can't keep up with it. I think partly because people are falling away from the faith, which is your primary shield, as Ephesians 6 tells us, God is our shield. And then what happens is people start committing serious sins, which creates a vulnerability. And then, sadly, they start doing occult stuff, whether it's Ouija boards, seances, magic, uh, witchcraft, whatever. And that is a clear invitation to Satan. So when, when you do these things, no, you're going to, you're, if you do it long enough, you're going to have a problem. Well, it's almost like an invitation to him, right? It's almost a portal into your soul. It is exactly that. And people don't realize that. They think, oh, this is just good fun. But, for example, when people do magic, sometimes they say, well, I, I have a good intention. You know, I'm going to, I'm, this is for healing. But, but what happens is if you try to invoke these vague spiritual powers that do not come from God, then, then who's answering that? Who's giving you the, uh, uh, the spiritual energy, if you will? Well, guess who? And uh, it's, it's ugly. And even if you say, well, it might, we were, were exercised one woman who was uh, doing a lot of this occult stuff, and she says, well, I intended this to, to, to do good. Well, I, regardless of what your intention is, when, when you're using evil means, you're going to end up with evil once you got possessed. Yeah, well, the road, we know where the road to hell's paved with, right? Yeah, good intentions, and and the number of young people practicing witchcraft today is uh, uh, astounding, and it's frightening. Uh, we have 120 exorcists probably in this country, more or less. Right. And uh, there's this one witch out in the northwest who has over 400,000 followers. Wow. I'm thinking to myself, boy, where are we going to get enough priests to pray over these people when they start getting possessed? Well, and, and you have 400,000 followers who are talking to other people. I mean, that just that number just grows exponentially, doesn't it? Yeah, well, people think it's fun. You know, witchcraft is fun. Well, hopefully they won't get possessed. But uh, 
but you're 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 dabbling in something that's way out of your league, and and you're you're, you're connecting to the dark world. And boy, so just stop it immediately. Uh, that's all I can tell people. The, the, they have been warned. Well, and you've done it for long enough. You know the you know how that goes. And you know possessions aren't when somebody is possessed. It can take quite a while to get the demons out of there too, right? It's not like you do one one session and everything's kosher. Yeah, absolutely. I wish it was one and done, but it's not. It tends to be a fight. I think the reason why is because it's a real purification. God does forgive our sins, of course. But the first thing we say to people is go to confession. And by the way, if there's anyone listening to this who has not been to confession recently, you should definitely go. That's the most powerful thing that the church offers to cast out demons is is the confessional, plus mass, of course, the Eucharist. Right. So go to confession. And we, we go to ask people to go to confession, but then this long purification process takes place of getting rid of the evil. And so there's a long, drawn-out fight, especially for those who practice witchcraft and magic. We find that these spirits, what we call divination, uh, take a long time to scrub out. It's a deep offense against the Lord to do this. People don't realize it, and it's not easy to expunge. Well, and from what I've heard, and I don't know if this is correct, and you can maybe let us know, that a lot of times when people are possessed, there's multiple demons in there. Usually it's not just one from what I've understood. It's always multiple ones. Demons are pack animals. They go in packs. There's usually one leader, though. So if right. they say I have one demon, they're really referring to the, the one leader. Uh, but yeah, they always go in packs. And it's not always Satan himself, right? It's his minions, the the other angels that denied Christ and were thrown out of heaven, right? They're, they're working for him, and there's all different levels. Yeah, Satan's uh, behind everyone in some way. He's pulling the strings. He's in, he's in charge. He's a control freak and a complete narcissist and, and, and sociopath, by the way. But, uh, but yeah, so he's, he's, he's involved in some way as uh, the CEO, if you will. But uh, typically in a person, he's not directly acting. Uh, usually they're, they're lower-level demons. We had one case where Satan himself was involved. Only one, and I'll never have another one, I'm sure. But it was it was it was it was a drill, I'll tell you. I bet. You know, one of the things that surprised me, and we talked about it on the earlier interview that we lost, but I've seen you talk about it on other ones, really exercising Judas, right? A human being, right? How is yeah. that how how did that work? Well, there's some good question about whether can can fallen human beings be part of the, the cohort possessing someone. Well, it's hard to, uh, some say yes, some say no, uh, but if it is true, they they get their spiritual ability, if you will, from Satan. I mean, he allows it, you know. So several extras, including myself, have had, we, the, we, you command the demon to tell their name, and by the, by the time I got going down the ranks here, they got, I said, my name is Judas. Now, the first thing you say to yourself is, actually, is this Judas the real fallen soul, or is a demon using his name? So, so oftentimes they do that. So I said, are you, you know, Judas the fallen soul? Or the, or the, and he just screamed, brother, I'm Judas the fallen soul. And you could hear the shame. I mean, it was just a shame in his voice. Uh, hmm. But it was also difficult to get rid of uh, Judas. And we, we compared notes with other exorcist teams. We found out this, and we found out the reason why it's difficult to get rid of him. Because... The church is given the authority by Christ to cast out demons. Jesus said, I gave you authority to cast out demons. But it didn't give us authority to cast out these fallen human souls. But mm. what happened was, when Judas was finally expunged, 
I command the demons to tell me how, how what happened, how what, what happened, why did he go, why did he go? And they said, well, she threw him out. I mean, <laughs> me, Mary. So right, right. God will take care of it. But but in this case, typically it's Mary or St. Michael that comes and casts out these fallen human souls. You know, you talk about right, reading about children and animals can sometimes see or sense demons. How does that work? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I hear these stories all the time and I've experienced it myself. We just had a case recently, for example, this this young kid comes running out of the basement and says, Mommy, Mommy, there's a ghost in the basement with no face. And so this is I know it's going to sound strange, but all I can do is share my experience. So it turns out that one of the kids, older kids, took a picture and in the then And I've got the picture. When you look at the picture, you can see this tall looking humanoid figure with no face. You go, whoa. You know, because they couldn't see right. it with their eyes, but they, they, I've got the photo and, and the kids saw it. Uh, we, I, not all dogs, for example, but some dogs and some cats do react to, uh, when there's a demon in that place. Uh, for example, in the, that, uh, famous possession, uh, festation case in Pittsburgh, where the, uh, on Brownsville Road, where the book, The Demons of Brownsville Road came from, the dog would go wild and start howling. Uh, at night when the demons were present and he would stand, God bless the little pooch, he would stand outside the, the, the owner's door, bedroom door, trying to guard them from the demons. Now he, you know, he can't do anything. Right, but, right. Uh, you, you just, it's just the loyalty of dogs. I love dogs. Uh, another case, too, for, for example, same thing where a guy's house was infested and he called me up. And same thing, the dog would go nuts when uh, the demons were afoot. Well, it, it is, uh, you know, it's kind of fascinating to hear about. It's, it's something that we definitely need to keep on guard about. I'm glad to hear the book is doing so well. Um, I do recommend people getting it. It's written really well. I mean, I know you can get it on Amazon. You can get it from Sophia Press. How can people follow what you're doing, Monsignor? Well, again, go to the app, Catholic Exorcism, and then you can sign up for our, my blog and website. You'll see that. Under the blog website, you can sign up, and then you won't get too many emails. But every time we post a new uh, once a week, you'll get an email alerting you to that. And and I encourage everyone listening, you know, uh, you know, uh, go to confession, pray the rosary, uh, practice the faith, and trust in Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus our Lord, and uh, we we should raise our eyes and, and, and focus on Him, and not worry too much about uh, Satan. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.